in three, two, one. Welcome to the Center Bench Sports Podcast, where four washed-up athletes sit around and talk about sports. Starting at Center Bench, we have Mikey, Pale, Luke, and myself, Luca. Happy Saturday morning to the boys. How are you? Good morning. Happy March Madness, by the way. Yeah, have you guys been watching? I watched all day while I was working. <laughs> yeah, I had it on the background. Although my bracket, everyone's brackets are done now. I think there's like 0.9% brackets that are... A lot of upsets, because, right? Because that... 0.42% after the Ohio State game. That's yeah. wild. Oral it's Roberts. Crazy. Ross Roberts. That's why, that's why you invest your money in Top Shot. How awesome is March Madness, though, just in terms of like quality of the games? Every, every game, like there's a potential for an upset, it feels like, or a comeback from double digits. Yeah, no, it's good. I love it. I'm, it's good to bet on. It's nonstop action for like 12 hours. <laughs> There's like literally four or five TSNs going and like you can just flip. Yeah. You can like, you never even, you never even catch a commercial. Like you be your own um, NFL red zone guy. Mike, you can't get enough of the betting. You started betting on cycling with me. <laughs> I, I had betting to on the Belgian Wout Van Aert. <laughs> Let's go Wout. Yeah. Wout. I've got, I've got him on in the background. I've been up since 4 a.m. That's passion right there, Luke. All right, should we get started? Yeah, let's yep. get into it. All right, a few weeks back, we decided to discuss our four major chips of all time, our Mount Crushmore of chips. I picked ketchup chips, and uh, apparently I'm a psychopath. So uh, this week we were bringing it back, but we were changing things up with the uh, list of four top drunk f- foods of all time. Let me paint a picture before we get into it, okay? So it's 2.30 a.m., you left your favorite bar, you're walking down the street, and you're hungry as a bear. What drunk food would you want right in that moment? You know what, I'll go. I, I, I'll yeah, go. go ahead, you guys go. Because uh, last time I went first, and everyone made fun of me because I picked uh, ketchup chips, but okay. Here it is. No in particular order. Euros, McGangbang, for the listeners who don't know what a McGangbang is, it's a junior chicken and a McDouble smashed up together. You went specific there like yeah. a very specific um french fries of any type you know just greasy french fries a lot of salt and then i went to the with the classic pizza but how i'm eating the pizza i want to paint another picture for you guys two slices mushed together like a sandwich <laughs> oh, sav going, style <laughs> and I'm, yeah i'm going to pizza town baby wow <laughs> This guy That's is a good list. this guy's an expert over there. That's a good list. Okay, yeah. I, I have my list and it's, and it's fire. <laughs> Wait, Luca, what about uh, what about last weekend with the Zeppeli? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was four a.m. and uh, me and Luke were talking all week about having a cheat night, and uh, I guess I took it overboard and I was I came back home and I was in a drunken stupor. And I saw I saw a nice white box in the fridge. And w- when you see a nice white box, you only for me I think it's either cannoli, but now it's Zeppoli season. So there was one big ass Zeppoli waiting for me. Without any hesitation, I uh, I, t- I first I took a picture to, and sent it to the uh, to Luke, and I was like, it's fucking Zeppoli season, and I crushed. <laughs> Uh, a Zeppeli. Four this in the is morning. literally two hours after you were complaining about being so full from, from yeah, eating all stuff the food my before. Face. I, I, I woke up uh, <sighs> depressed as fuck, but uh, it was worth it. All right, Mikey, let's hear it. Okay, I'm gonna. St- I'll start with McDonald's. I like the Junior Chickens. Mm-hmm, a nice. couple of those. Um, pizza. I agree with pizza as well. Um, then I'm gonna go Hills Chicken Stingers. <laughs> feel bad for your toilet bro yeah <laughs> shout out alex Hope. um but then the by far the best one clear-cut winner is a street hot dog <laughs> okay wait, wait, mike you got you gotta you gotta go into it though what kind of toppings are you talking about yeah what are you about? putting on the hot dog oh sauerkraut i'm getting two i'm, pro- I'm probably getting two to begin with so one's getting covered in sauerkraut and then the other one, I, I, I'll put whatever, just like more of a standard, some ketchup mustard. That's it on the second one. All right. I remember walking downtown Toronto and whenever we went to the underground, they'd have the little hot dog stand oh, yeah. right out front. Yeah. And Mike, you would always just eyeball it even when we were entering it. His, yeah, his, his wrist work with condiments was just <laughs> spectacular. He knew what to do. 
the <laughs> perfect I, amount of ketchup everything you're walking and you look back and you see where's mikey and he's just in line at the hot dog stand <laughs> i used to my condo used to be right beside the supplier that used to supply all the guys the street meat so i went in there and i'm like can i purchase some and he, he actually so he sold me them with buns and everything and i took them straight home to the source that's funny all right i have <clears throat> for mine Pizza's number one for me. If you don't have pizza, you're a psychopath. That's my go-to. <laughs> number two, I have A&W over McDonald's. Oh, okay. dude, big A&W get, guy. You're right, to, yes. Oh, yeah. To get specific, if it is A&W, I'm going full Buddy Burger, the chicken version. <laughs> <laughs> Has a nice nice little dill pickle in there. You like having a buddy there. on nights out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> a nice dill pickle mayo on there. Anything burrito or gyro or anything in that regard no but you got to specify here like they're they're not in the same they're not in the same world okay so i'll go burrito first like burrito for sure and then i'll even throw a gyro in there because gyro has to be there i just remember being in toronto and i forget the place it's closed now but it was near lucas greek and co yes greek and co where you get the fries in there yeah um and those things were like bigger than like your entire arm and we would just demolish them yeah greeks um, greeks a good so call that, i fucking kind of yeah you, you got you got to have that in it's there it's tough then, though i don't like the whole like i i don't think i know mikey luke you don't have it i'd be surprised if you have it luke but i don't buy into that whole poutine no yeah that night I'm i don't not, like overrated I, no no, I, no I so that's like why that's why i said french fries yeah you said french let's fries get the which is good straight. let's have yeah. the record straight french fries is poutine. You got to do more than French just French fries, fries though. You can get, yeah, I'm going to be starving yeah. if I just yeah. eat French fries. I guess so. <laughs> but I don't know. It's something, something about crushing French fries, like a bag of French fries. Getting into my list, I have, similar to Peo, burritos number one. Uh, I love just mucking a, a nice burrito, taking big bites out of it. Pizza, of course, that's got to be on the list, although most of the time... Uh, it ends up sitting at my front door and, and I wake up to it the next morning. Um, I had mac and cheese. Uh, it's a little specific, oh. a little bougie, but just oh, a wow. Thompson, Thompson Diner. Like nothing for me is, oh, is better yeah, than, okay. than mucking yeah. a mac and cheese. Yeah. And then similar to your guys' Yero uh, choice, uh, but I'm I'm taking going back to my Halifax roots and, and going Donaire. Oh, it's got wow. a little bit of a sweeter sauce to it. It's a classic East Coast drunk food. So there, there's a trend that we all had, right? I guess it's messy. It's nice, big bites. Peo, you mentioned Greek & Co. I don't know if you remember the night, but um, I think we were all drunk. We headed to Greek & Co. And uh, our, our buddy Chris Pizzuti, shout out to Chris Pizzuti here. <laughs> Uh, everyone, everyone ordered euros. People are ordering Greek poutines. It's all, it's all greasy. And this guy, he, he looks at the, uh, the, the counter and goes, I'll have a spinach copita. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if the viewers don't know this, but a spinach copita is that round pastry thing that is yeah. so dry and it's full of spinach. <laughs> everyone, even strangers are looking at him like, is this guy for real? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are good. But yeah, I don't know. If not not as a the maid, not too yeah. as a side maid, dude. If it, if we're at a if we're at a, like a house party and it's a little appetizer, yeah. sure, I'll have a dabble of it. But two thirty in the morning, you get in spinach <laughs> copita. Yeah, uh, I just thought that was the most suspect uh, drunk food of all time. So I just switched it up there. You want to talk some puck? Sure, let's do it. I'm going directly to you, Mike. <laughs> these uh ice cold leaves what's going on with them uh they're obviously a, a pretty bad stretch the last i don't know what is it five six seven games now um i don't mind their play i don't think they're playing horribly uh the goaltending hasn't been up to par uh, the power plays went dry and the penalty kill can't stop anything and you know those are that's three recipes for disaster that's three things for disaster um they're going through a little bit of a stretch i think every team does it it's better now than you know f- when there's only five games left in the season, um, they're getting healthy, with his, which is big. Simmons came back last last night. Uh, he's a big part. I hope they add a piece or two. I still think they need a depth forward, someone that can. It would help if he could be a good penalty killer because their penalty kill needs it. Like after Marner and Hyman, they the forwards. I don't know. Mikhaev's pretty good, but they just they don't seem to be great on the PK. Um, and then Freddie's got to get his act together. And I think that's the biggest piece. Yeah. Um, so let's. Let's take a, a pause there, I guess, on your, your Vesno winner choice <laughs> in, in Freddie Anderson. 
Um, is, is Freddie a top half goalie in the league at this point? I still no. think he is. He's gone no. through a little bit of a bad stretch. He's not playing like it right now. Like, what about Matthews? Like, to me, I feel like they're putting him in the lineup. He just wants to chase getting the rocket right now and potentially the MVP. He's you can tell watching him. He's not a hundred percent. He can barely shoot. He's even on the power play. They're putting him in front of the net. So why why don't you just give the guy a couple of weeks to rest up? Who cares about the regular season? You want Ozzy ready at a hundred percent come playoff time? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I could. I think it's pretty obvious when he's not even on his regular power play shooting uh, spot on the on the half wall, and he was passing a lot more. But last night was the first night that he was finally back to his spot, and he was firing away. So hopefully that they had the whole week off basically. So they, and I don't know if maybe, maybe they have because I haven't been watching the full games, but. Can this whole thing with Joe Thornton on the first line be done with and just put Zach Hyman there now? Like it was cute. They did they had some points at the beginning, but let's get serious now. We're entering the second half of the season. That Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Zach Hyman line, that's that's a line that's hard to stop. So I, I'd like to see that line moving yeah, forward. I know, and I like that line too. I said that from the beginning. Uh Thornton it, they've played a bunch with Hyman and Thornton's moved down to the second line, which I don't really like either. And I, I'm kind of getting a little tired of Thornton. I think that's that's why I was a little hesitant to uh, award executive of the year that early is because we just heard it from you, right? Like you're kind of getting tired of Thornton where they're having goalie issues. They didn't really address majorly the, the goalie position in the offseason. Simmons has been hurt for most of the, the season, although a good addition, and he's been played well the, earlier on. Um, but I think we really have to see where this nets out. And, I think to to play devil's advocate for the Leafs as well as like everyone from the start of the season has said that this team is going to be judged by their success in the playoffs. So who cares right now? To your mm-hmm. point, Mike, you let them learn to lose a little bit um, and let's see if they can start playing so together. That, just, but yeah. the only issue is that they're in the Toronto market and the media might get in their head and yeah. who knows what kind of effect that can have on them. Yeah, let's not hit the panic button for right now, right? Um, switching gears, what, can you guys explain to me what's going on with this Kucherov uh, comeback? Is there, does it, is it cheating? What's going on with this? I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't understand the story. Someone could. Um, so basically, he was put on uh, long-term injury reserve. So then they get this cap relief, and they said he would come back in the playoffs, but he's already practicing and he's looks ready to go. So, and the thing is they can't have him back because then they'll be over cap. So are they saying his injury is going to be more than what it actually is? And if, if that's the case, then they're not they're, That's being, you're doing cap circumvention. Basically you're, you're cheating the cap. If you're keeping a healthy player on your injury re- reserve, just to get his cap relief during the playoffs, you're allowed to go over on the cap. Is this, is this a leaf fan conspiracy theory or is this actual? <laughs> facts I'm, I'm i'm not buying it like i i find it hard to believe that a, a player in his prime who, who's coming off an mvp season a, not too long ago prime in his career making good money wants to is okay with sitting out for an entire regular season any professional athlete the last thing they want to do is sit in the stands and watch games so I, I I find it hard to believe that they're he's healthy enough to play and he just doesn't they're sitting him off just because of the cat. That's just my opinion. I think from a judgment point of view, it's just hard to 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 judge intent and like the whole Kawhi situation, right? When you think about it, it's like the team doctors were telling him that yeah, you're ready to go, but he knows his body and he's saying like no, I'm I'm hurt, I'm not ready to go. So I, there's always going to be that back and forth and difficult to measure intent and judgment all we can do is kind of sit on the sidelines but I, I would tend to side on on Peo's side like I think he, he like in the prime of his career he's going to want to get out on the ice and help his team to to win a cup um unless he's being forced down by by team management but I, I just can't see that happening yeah and, and isn't there isn't there like something to say about just jumping into the playoffs like he won't he won't be ready to play yeah in, in full game mode if he's just hopping in you know series one game one he, he wouldn't he won't be a hundred percent regardless so we were discussing in the group uh the other day the most underappreciated current nhl player and uh we, we had a discussion and we can't say our favorite teams either so for for mikey you can't say anybody on the leafs pale no, no pittsburgh uh players so for, I, I had put down, and for me, underrated, I guess everyone's interpretation of underrated can be different, but I think 
Kyle Connor is the most underrated player uh, in the league from the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think he gets enough love uh, as he should. He's a consistent 30-goal scorer. Last year, he would have um, eclipsed the 40-goal mark, and even right now, if it was an 82-game season, he would have. Um, so I think Kyle Connor is the most underrated player. I don't think he's, he was ever nominated for an all-star appearance either. Um, goal scores are hard to come across. So yeah, I, I have Kyle Connor as the most underrated player in the league. Uh, this was a tough one. And I thought um, it, we got the question from Paul Biznassi, and he brought up a great one. It was Alex Barkov. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's right up there. But I'll go a different route from St. Louis, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I don't think he gets enough love. He's 200-foot player. He's always on winning teams, minus Buffalo. But, you know, you saw what he did with St. Louis in the playoffs. I think he kind of gets forgotten about. I don't think he's played with that much talent ever in his career. Uh, but he still seems to produce. Uh, very Patrice Bergeron-like. Uh, but doesn't seem to get the love that Patrice gets. I was going to go with Kopitar. Uh, I think he's starting to to get a lot of love this year with with where the Kings are at. Um, but I feel like just on, on past years with the Kings, they've had such a stacked team that he was kind of just a little bit behind the limelight. But I think we're, we're starting to see the impact that he has on his team this year. Did you guys see the uh, Sherratt fighting? Uh, who did he fight? Didn't he break his hand or something like that? Let's talk about fighting in the NHL. Yeah, that got me thinking. Uh, do you guys think uh, top players should be dropping their gloves? And if, 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 uh, if fighting should be a part of hockey in general? I know what Pale thinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I still think there's a place for it in this game. Um, I don't like the stage fighting, and I think a lot of that's been taken away in terms of just dropping the gloves for the sake of it. Um, but I think there's a time and a place uh, for it, and I'm I'm all for it. I think, like, uh, to answer Lucas' first question, no, like top players shouldn't be fighting, and you're seeing why. Um, Sherratt, one of the Habs' top defensemen, now he's going to miss six to eight weeks. That's a pretty big hole in their lineup. Um, so for that reason, top guys shouldn't be doing it. They're paid to to play a certain way, so they should stick to that. I think the whole, like, obviously the fighting in general in hockey is a pretty heated um, topic right now. For me, anyways, I don't see necessarily the need for it. I think everyone, especially kind of the older guys, will always say, oh, it's a way to police the game. I think that's the stupidest excuse. If it was a method of policing the game, then all these stupid things wouldn't happen in a game. So it still happens. So how is it policing it? Yeah, but it'd be just, it'd just be out of control if it's not, if they're not, if they can't be held accountable. I don't necessarily think so because I think it's, it still is like a guy like Tom Wilson, for example, how many times is he getting suspended? He drops the gloves right after and then he, he still does it again. So I don't think that whole, I think that's kind of overplayed. I think may, maybe not necessarily completely remove it, but I think what I liked in junior was that if you fight, you're suspended the next game. I think it should be that way. And then obviously the more you fight, it, it's going to go multiply more than just one game. Like if you're at 10 fights, but I, I just don't see a need for it. I you're you're watching the sport for the game itself. There's no other team professional sport that allows fighting. So why would hockey be different? And but, I don't think but, people are buying tickets to watch fighting. But that's that's where I think that hockey, that fighting is important to hockey is that no other sports yeah. have it, right? Because I think that that's what makes it unique and interesting. I think you have you have three different groups, right? And like in order to grow the game, there's two groups that matter more. I think you have your loyal hockey fans. So you two, uh, Peo and Mikey, I think you, you guys are always going to watch the sport regardless of whether hockey... Uh, has fighting or not then i think you have your your passive hockey fans like probably me and luca yeah that look more so for the entertainment factors the product on the ice and fighting to me is a big part of that and the entertainment factor within the game and then i think you have the group of people that don't watch hockey at all but that look at it from like a sports culture point of view and see it in barstool and see these fights as part of barstool and it piques their interest right um, so I, I think in order to grow the game, it, it is a healthy thing and it does make the product on the ice better because it is so unique and interesting uh, to the sport of hockey. Do I buy, like to your point, Peo, do I buy that we need it uh, from a policing point of view? No, I don't. I, like To your point, I think there's other ways to police the game, make punishments more strict if that's, if that's what you're really trying to achieve with, with hockey. Um, but at the same time, like, 
we are seeing a decline in fighting, right? For a reason. There's research coming out with concussions, which is super important, uh, and fighting is declining. But I think it needs, and I think it will exit the game at some some point. But I do think it needs to exit the game organically versus a hard stop because I think that will hurt the image of the league, um, an abrupt stop to the fighting. But I think it's on its way out. But let it happen naturally if that's the case. Don't don't implement rules like suspensions, etc., in order to stop it. Yeah, just from a casual fan, like there's nothing better watching you know Friday night or Saturday morning highlights and you and you see you know two hockey players going toe to toe and dropping the gloves after yeah. Um, you know, a, a crazy hit or or something like that. Like yeah, the, or when a player gets a Gordy Howe hat trick and like yeah. is, I don't know. Yeah. I just who doesn't I, love it, a good fight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, no, it, it, it from an entertainment standpoint, I love it. Uh, but it, it it's hard to I don't know. I'm on the fence about it to be honest because of like all the CTE and do you really need fighting in the game? selfishly i'm gonna say yes because i just want to see somebody get their ass kicked um but yeah i think there's also a lot of pushback sorry a lot of pushback too from like americans and that sort of thing like we grew up with fighting and like we watched it just being canadian it was always hockey but sometimes americans turn on the tv and like they've never watched hockey or don't know too much about hockey and they see two grown men fighting like there's no sport in the world that allows that even ufc they have pads on their on their hands like these guys are bare knuckles right to the skull on skates. And they just on, <laughs> on skates yeah, on ice too they just yeah. think it's like barbaric that like this fucking shit happens in an nhl yeah. game so i think yeah. some of the image there to the nhl is kind of like Ugh. obviously like it's it's exciting because it's different but when i forget uh when it was but when george Perros fought and was left unconscious not moving did we find that exciting i was sick to my stomach watching that yeah where the guy from a fight, he's literally motionless on the ice. Yeah, but you yeah, also like, see I, you I also see that from that. you also see that from hitting. So should you eliminate but, contact but, yeah. in sport? No, but but this is something that you can do though. Like well, you, you shouldn't can, eliminate hitting, but, but like why hitting. like fight? Why no? But that's hitting. Removing <laughs> hitting and fighting is completely different. That's completely different. There, like you said, there's no other fighting. There's no fighting in any other sport. No, so girl, I'm, I'm not saying remove remove hitting at all. No. But when a, when a football player gets blindsided, does the player not get kicked out of the game? Who, who initiated the contact? Okay, but that when you're talking about that, that was Colt Nor and Peros, and he he went Colt out Nor, he went unconscious player. because the way he hit the ice, not because Colt Nor knocked him out. That's I know, but that's what I mean, right? Like that's a that's a repercussion of fighting, right? Like because you can yeah. fall, bang your head on the ice. I know it happens right? every once and, in a while. The, it's just part of the game. Like it was, <laughs> like it was not. I, that's my old. I don't think it should be part of the game. Like something like that, right? And well, who's to say that? God forbid, perils doesn't get up. Then what mm-hmm. happens, right? And obviously, no one wants to see it. What if someone gets hit from behind? Uh, someone gets hit from behind or whatever, like Luke said, and they're knocked yeah, unconscious and they and they're paralyzed or whatever the case is. For sure, but that's that. I, that's why I still think fighting and the hating is different. For sure, you can still have that same thing, but if we can minimize that risk as much as possible, why not do it without affecting the game too much? But and, we'll, and again, another example of the policing thing: what happened with Todd Bertuzzi and Steve Moore? If policing was such a big thing, we say, "Oh, it keeps everything in line." Look what Todd Bertuzzi did to Steve Moore. Yeah, that was mad. Police fight, and that's when fighting was even more so. Yeah, like, sure, it's exciting, and maybe I don't necessarily think it should be completely removed. It'll happen organically, but I think there should, like, I think if you kind of place, like, a one-game suspension, if you do fight, like, the following game, then it's on you to decide if you want to risk it. I don't know. If if that's the case, I'm being the biggest little pest slash rat out there and just trying to probe the, yeah, probe the, oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? You're going to get suspended next game, like. But look at Brad you know, Marchand. Like, does he? He's a big pest. How many times did he drop the gloves? He hasn't dropped the gloves that much. No, he doesn't. And he's the biggest pest in the league. Does he have? Does he so, have? And I think. And I think the scrums, like when you're in the scrum, like that's completely different. Obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're always gonna have that. Um, but yeah, I, what, what's wrong? You can go take a clean body check on someone. Nothing wrong with that. Just to interject, and Peo, I know you had a little bit of issue with the, the line of questioning, but I we did ask our fans in terms of their appreciation for fighting, just to get a feel for like whether people do actually like it and whether they want to see it in the sport. And we did get a, a lot of respondents, so I think it's worth mentioning. So question was asked, do, do fights in hockey make the game more entertaining for you? Uh, so 71, per, 71 voters said yes and 13 said no. 
Um, and then the question was asked, do you want to see fighting removed from the NHL? Um, and 81 said no, and 8 said yes. Well, it's time for questions from the crowd. For the listeners out there, we posted a few days ago asking our loyal fans to ask questions for today's pod. Are the lads ready? Yep. Yep. All right. From Eric Percy, is Mercedes dominance good or bad for F1? I think from a viewership standpoint, bad. You're, you're basically watching to see who comes third because um, you know that Lewis or, is going to be at number one. Um, so I, I, I find the race is now boring, so I'm going to say bad. Yeah, I'm going to say bad as well. I've actually, I actually stopped watching the F1 this season because I just don't find it entertaining when yeah. it's Mercedes and then it's, like Pale said, who comes third. Yeah, uh, they had like, a massive opportunity. They're licking their chops with the drive to survive as a hit and bringing a ton of new fans into the sport, like myself, to be honest. Um, and then it just left me completely uninterested because every race you, you know who's going to win. Uh, but there are new rules being applied, I think, is it this year in terms of yeah. like budget that you can spend on your car and stuff like that. So hopefully that that improves the parity. But right now it's boring. Our next question is from Picone24. Shout out to John Picone with Banner. the hard hitting question over here. Over or under 15 and a half throwing TDs for Newton next season after the receivers and tight ends the Pat signed? Good question, Pin. I would say over. Well, to, yeah, to me, like 15 is less than just under one a game. And I, th- I think he can get that. I think he's got some some new threats at the tight end position, which is good for his style of play. Uh, and then they added Nelson Aguilar as well. So I, I would go over. Oh, I'm going to go under. And the fact being, I think New England adds another quarterback, either via the draft or trade free agency. Yeah. And I don't think Newton's the starter for the the entire year. If it's a rookie QB, maybe he starts the first six games. And then uh, the rookie takes over or something like that. So I'm going to go under. Yeah, completely agree with Mikey going under. I don't necessarily buy that Cam's going to be the starter for the entire season. And even with the additions like Angler, I'm I'm not even big on anyways. I don't think he's that great of a player that's going to make that big of a difference. Um, So I'm going under 15 for Cam. All right, switching gears. Let's go with Julian underscore Lacoche. Best food to get at the game. I'm going with a sausage. I love. I know Campy, Mikey's looking at me. Luke, Luke, you love sausage. Is that, <laughs> is that what you're going with? Confirmed. I really should have thought before I started speaking there. Um, uh, Mikey, I know funny. you're a hot dog guy, but for me, it's it's a nice sausage and same same toppings. I'm sauerkraut, mustard. It gets some what onions kind, and hot kind peppers of sausage? on there. Yeah, I mean, like you're never gonna get a good Italian sausage at a at a sporting event, but I, I also I think bratwurst is is very. Um, penetratable into the into the hockey game environment so I, i'll go with a bratwurst or a, a shitty italian sausage <laughs> luke is penetrating sausages Love yeah i'm <laughs> um i'm gonna go hot dog and then the second intermission licorice wow <laughs> what about I your thought you were gonna go ice cream mike <laughs> no the ice cream's not great at, at, at a sporting event not icy enough <laughs> I'm going off the board. I'm going to say no food at sporting events. Wow. I'd rather have a beer. I don't I don't know. When I'm at a game, I don't like to eat. I'm uncomfortable like having to hold the plate and eat uh, this white glove time. service. You rather be in the mossy hangers. You, you got nowhere to put it after you have to set it on your lap. I would just much rather just have some beers while I watch the game. Too much effort. And if if it's a team I like, I can't eat anyways because i have no appetite so i'm going i'm going no food but i'll take a beer um i'm gonna go with like a, a like a sandwich like a pulled pork sandwich it's you know it's not going to be great to eat quality wise but y- you have it in your hands you can just down it and you're ready to go to watch the game okay from uh mikey's brother a camps 21 who's the most delusional about their team me with the cowboys mikey with the leafs or Peo with pens and crosby i'm gonna go with mikey he thinks that uh <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs made Bieber. No, Matthews um, made Bieber. Ma- Matthews made Bieber. There you go. Uh, I was going to say, let Mikey go first because I think we all, all three of us have the same answer. Not, so not I don't know. Well, how am I so. D- I want to hear some examples. So you guys go. I gave you an example. Okay, Luca, go ahead. Next one. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go get Mikey as well. Just because every year it's the Leafs' year, and I think this year when we gave our predictions, 
out of the 90, 90% of the individual awards, he awarded to Leafs players or management. <laughs> uh, so I'm going, I'm going Mikey. I, I remember hearing a lot of agreement when I, we awarded, I think, Matthews the Rocket Richard last week. Everyone, everyone except Dubas was on, or everyone except Luke was on Dubas for executive, and we all picked Leafs out of the north. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with or Mikey Matthews as well. for Selkie. <laughs> There's... There's two examples that I'll cite. One of them was pulling from Payos. That Freddie as the Vesna winner was just a ridiculous pick to me. <laughs> oh, the second reason is every time I look at her damn schedule, all I see is these questions about the, about the Leafs and the most obscure questions too that nobody in the world cares about besides four people in Leafs Nation. So for those like reasons, what? it's Mikey and no one else. Uh, gonna, next uh, week, I'm going to see does Dubas have the best hair in the league. <laughs> I'm going to go with Luca. Uh, he still thinks the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl and haven't won a playoff game in years. <laughs> That's right. They're going to win. They're going to win it big. Okay, before uh, things get a little heated here, let's move on. <laughs> we are going with, let's stick with the Leafs. Mike Peonessa, Matt's brother. Tyson Berry leads all defensemen in points. Why was he not able to do this in Toronto? Good question, Mike. <clears throat> no, no, it's a, yeah. uh, it's a good question. Um, I think he got off to a bad start with Babcock. Babcock wasn't the coach for him. Um, I don't know. He just didn't play well in Toronto. Like defensively, he was terrible, and he had no offensive flair or anything like that. Um, obviously, going to Edmonton and they're on a bunch, so I'm watching them. He's really he's got a lot of confidence offensively. Defensively, I still think he stinks, um, and he's piggy banking off Math or uh, McDavid and Drysital. And last year, he couldn't seem to do that. He had no confidence, no offensive, nothing. I don't know. He's a different player this year. Good for him. He's turned it around, but. I don't really have an answer on why it didn't work. So are McDavid yeah. and Drysaddle an upgrade for him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, McDavid, just McDavid just cherry picks. So. I mean, yeah, like tough, tough, tough question to answer, as Mikey said. But I mean, he he was even a pretty good defenseman in Colorado. So, like Mikey said, for whatever reason, it just, he just couldn't fit into the Leaf system. I think he half of his points are on the power play too. Let's not forget about that. And I'd be curious to see how many of them are second assists to McDavid goals or Dreisaitl. All right, let's talk some hoops, boys. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird for me right now. Um, I have more love for the game of Top Shot than and than the NBA right now, but uh, that's fine. We're, we're gonna we're gonna skip over that. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about PJ Tucker. There's some news in Houston where they traded. PJ Tucker to the Bucks. I don't know if you guys saw, but his sneaker collection, it took about six people to get his sneakers out of his locker room. But does this make the Bucks a better team? I think it does. Um, so the Bucks historically, like the last couple of seasons, have been a really strong defensive team, but they've actually struggled a lot on defense this year. Um, so I think he adds a lot of grit defensively. He's an elite defender. We saw him on the Raptors for a year, year and a half. Um, and he was a really good defender and he can shoot the three-point shot. He's not, I wouldn't say he's a, an elite three-point shooter, uh, but it is something that I mentioned in a previous episode about them needing a sharp shooter because the style of their offense is run the ball through Giannis, drive, dish, hit a shot, right? So I think um, in that sense, he can he can bring a lot of, he fits in well with their offense because he can hit the three. But I think his, the most important addition is his defense, um, I do question a little bit their their depth at the point guard position. Now they traded away DJ Augustine, who I thought is is a really good player. He didn't really make a splash for them this year, but uh, he's good depth for them at, at point guard behind Drew Holiday. Right now, really all they have is Giannis running the floor, um, and then DiVincenzo can step in and, and play guard. So they're not really deep on defense. Will it matter? Probably not just because of how dependent they are on, on Giannis running the or the ball going through Giannis anyways. But I thought it was a good addition, but nothing that was a, a major splash in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> nice piece, but I think even, like, his three-point percentage is down from year over year, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I don't think it has too big of an impact moving forward. Milwaukee I still don't see coming out of the East, probably maybe not even to reach the East final. Just because we've talked about it a lot, I know Mikey's big on it. You need more than one superstar to win in this league. And Milwaukee, although they have like nice pieces and good players in Middleton and Drew Holiday, they're not superstars that can play with Giannis. And Giannis hasn't proven that he can win when it comes to playoff time. 
Um, so I think he needs some help uh, to do so. So I don't think this really changes much uh, in the East for Milwaukee. To me, Milwaukee's not one of like the best team in the East. I think it's clearly Brooklyn. No. Like Peo said, they haven't done anything in the playoffs. I don't know. Giannis, I know he's a superstar. I know he's won multiple MVPs. And it's tough to say that he's not. Um, but he just doesn't have a complete game. Like, he can't shoot. Uh, yeah, he can drive the rim. Yeah, he can do a whole bunch of other things. But, like, I don't know. I just picture it like in another sport, somebody not being able to shoot. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine them only being able to do, like, a couple things good mm-hmm. and consider them a superstar. I you just, know who he reminds me of? Like, you, you said, like, think of a different sport, Mikey. <clears throat> Early on in his career, Ovechkin. That's who Giannis is reminding me of right now. Yeah. It's a good tremendously ta- talented MVPs putting up numbers in regular season, but can't win. And obviously, Ovechkin finally did it. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some help, obviously, with Baxter Moshi and some players, but it didn't come till later on in in his career. So I wonder if that's going to be the same with uh, with the honest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say good. On, just good on PJ Tucker because I know he wanted out of Houston, and then he he gets buck, the Bucks where you know it. It's a contender at least, so yeah, just I just wanted to mm-hmm. shut out PJ Tucker because I love his shoe collection. I do think that um, to be you can still be a dominant player uh, in the NBA with Giannis's style. Like if you look at Sh- like Shaq, obviously couldn't shoot. The game has changed where it's much more of a shooter's league now. But I think the bigger issue is that you're too predictable to stop. Right, like teams have a clear game plan against you to crash the the key, um, and then close out on the three point shot. I think that's the biggest issue. So it, it will be something that everyone's talking about. He needs to develop a shot. It's not something that you can really develop overnight. To be honest, it's not as easy as just going to the gym every day and, and working on your shot. It's going to take a couple of years for that to develop. So let's see if he can put in the work to do that. All right. Um, did you guys did you guys see a Lavar Ball getting involved? He his all he's always gets involved somehow uh, with the Pelicans. He he demand he demanded for um, his son Lonzo to get traded from the uh, the Pelicans. What are your thoughts on that? And that guy that guy's a piece of work. Like Lavar Ball getting involved, you started out with it. You just kind of roll your eyes at that. Like yeah, I, who I, cares what he says? Yeah, like, I think there's a part part of it is like inadvertent marketing genius because it brings attention. And I think it's good for a player like LaMelo, but Lonzo just wasn't the player that everyone thought he was going to be. Um, so now I think it just looks bad on him, and he probably wants his dad to shut up at this point and to work on his game. I just, dad, come on. I, I, just, please. I, I, saw that, I saw that Lonzo ball, though. Like, he's he's doing pretty he's well done, when it comes yeah. to shooting threes. Like, I, they, like I, saw a, I saw a stat where he had more threes than in like elicit a bunch of all-stars. I forget who was on him. Like Trey Young, I think, was on it. Beal, a couple of other guys. I think even LeBron. Um, so he, like he's still a pretty decent player. Maybe in a, in a better situation, he can be more effective. I saw a report that the Clippers might be very interested in bringing him in. But yeah, like who cares what his dad had to say, but... Um, but I think he can still be a pretty useful player in the right situation. A hundred percent. And that that's what pisses me off about his comments too. And he, he went at Stan Van Gundy saying like, oh, he's turning him into a specialist. But that th- those are the players that last in the league, right? Like he's, t- to yeah. me, he's turning him into a player that lasts in the league. And LeVar is like, oh, he can be a playmaker. He can be a game changer. But to me, the, the guys that try to do that when they're not, and I think at this point we can say that Lonzo is never going to be a, a perennial all-star. Uh, you need to change your game and, and ensure that you can last in the league and, and have longevity. Team teams need specialists, especially contenders, right? So that's a good point, Luke. Like he could be like a Danny Green, where people, the Lakers or or other contenders, could need a guy like that to help them win uh, crucial playoff games. For sure. I just find it funny. Last week we were talking about you know who's going to win rookie of the year. And I was literally going to say, like, thank God LeVar Ball finally shut up. Like, it's, <laughs> like Lonzo seems to be doing better in New Orleans than he was in the Lakers. And, like, look at you know, like yeah. look at LaMelo and Charlotte. Like, he's about to probably win rookie of the year. Like, and LeVar Ball has gone completely silent. And then this happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, but he, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, uh, I'm big, I'm big on the Ball family, and Lavar was on record, <laughs> was on record earlier on saying Lamelo is the, um, the best out of the brothers. He came out and said that, so maybe 
he's not getting involved in LaMelo because he's just letting his game talk and he maybe he thinks uh, he needs to talk and help out his uh, other son, Lonzo. Yeah, I think he's just a, an intention whore, to be honest, more than anything. <laughs> I would love to see the Ball brothers in Charlotte, though. That would be... I think uh, our good buddy Adam would... I- Ionico would cream his pants if he saw <laughs> the, bra- the Ball brothers. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to maybe mention the Raptors' struggles and what you guys thought of that. Yeah, they're struggling right now. It's It feels like they've just got... In, and there's other teams that have gotten bad breaks, but it feels like it's bad break after bad break for them. Last night I was watching them, and it finally felt like they were they were back to to normal. And then they they kind of blew it at the end of the game. The game against Atlanta, the the guy tosses up a three point shot last second. They lose that going in, and just right after the All Star break, all this COVID stuff. So I think they're they're getting some unlucky breaks. Some players aren't aren't playing as well as they should be. Norm Powell though is. Man, that guy might be an all-star next year at this pace, or he's getting a big paycheck either way. Peo, I know you kind of wanted to potentially talk about uh, moving Norm Powell, and I think it might be a good idea at this point because I don't see them making noise in the playoffs the way they're playing. Um, And Norm Powell, like, why don't you get some value out of him instead of trying to sign him to a massive contract next year? I I saw a crazy stat last night, uh, Luke, and it was... 43 fouls was were called against the Raptors and only 14 were called. Yeah, that's another that's, thing. I don't want to bring too much attention to that because at the end of the day, you got to win games. But yeah, you guys are better than that. Don't use that as a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I'm, I'm trying to say. I know, I know, I know. As a crutch, um, how are you feeling about the bet, Luke? No, I feel awful right now. <laughs> <laughs> can, but, he, can he cash out? No, there's no cash out give me, option yeah, give anymore. Me a cash out option. <laughs> Man, t- ninety-five. <laughs> three, three or four games before the All Star break, I, w- I would have asked for a cash out on your side, and then these COVID games got pushed back, and the players, half the players, were gone, and it just it looks awful for that bet right now. But anyways, I'll, I'll get you, I'll I'll pay you a hundred dollars in hot dogs, and we'll call it. A day. <laughs> Add some Do- sauerkraut, and you got a deal. Yeah, I'll take that. No, any day. Yeah, I do think they should trade Norm though, because yeah. he's playing at the highlight of his career and his values through the roof right now. It's never going to be that high, so I think I think they definitely should be trading Norm when it comes to the deadline. Yeah, he's he's pricing himself out of Toronto at this point, and giving our yeah. our boy Blake Murphy some credit a couple of weeks ago. He said when everyone was talking about Kyle, he thought Norm was more of the swing piece. <laughs> We are in the middle of the NFL's free agent frenzy. There's been a lot of moves, a lot of players talking or heading to different teams, but then there was one, and it's Juju himself. He pulled a fast one <laughs> on us, and I'd say, except Luke, because I think Luke was always the one who said he might be staying with the Steelers. So I have so much respect for Juju too, right? Like everyone trips him about being a clout chaser. Oh, he wants to go to LA or New York. Uh, all he cares about is his fame and he takes a pay cut to, yeah, to see I, that draft. What are the top teams that comes to mind that, you know, won so far in free agency and, and the losers who uh, lost out? I mean, free agency officially started three days ago, so I don't want to award the winners yet but some teams that have done a good job so far i think the patriots everyone's talking about they got the the tight end duo uh they added Aguilar as a receiving threat they beefed up their line they signed trent brown um and then got the a linebacker from the ravens yeah judon they got a pass rush in judon so i think they're they're beefing up all they're missing is a is a quarterback i think if a, if they have a capable quarterback that can come in i think they can be a a contender within the AFC. They're still not quite at the level of as a team like KC or the Bills. Um, but I think they've, they've had an impressive offseason considering where they were at a few weeks ago. And then I really like the Dolphins as well, like bringing in Will Fuller, I thought was a really good move. He's a great player, super impactful in, in Houston. Let's see if Tua can throw him the ball or whoever ends up being the, the quarterback in Miami. Uh, and then I also like, uh, speaking of quarterback, I also like that they brought in Jacoby Brissett as a backup. I thought that was a smart move and mm-hmm. losing fits too. I think Jacoby is super capable as we've seen before. Yeah, I really like Miami as well. I think so far I like Tampa Bay's offseason. They had a bunch of free agents uh, that were potentially going to walk. Um, and they, for the most part, it looks like they're retaining all of them 
or at least majority of them. So they still have that um, that nucleus that won them the Super Bowl. So about running it back, they still have that option. Um, but the Patriots, one thing I'm kind of concerned about in the past, we've seen whenever teams spend a lot of money and bring in new guys, yeah. it doesn't necessarily work out. Like look, I think most recently was at the Eagles that one season where they brought in all like the favorites and all the top guys on the free agent board. And I don't even think they made the playoffs. Um, so I'm still not ready to say the Patriots are something to be considered even in the AFC East because I still have Miami and Buffalo better than them, even if they get like a Jimmy G or like a mid-tier quarterback. Peo, just to uh, expand on your uh, your point there, I have a stat for you. So the most guaranteed money spent in free agency, last year was the Dolphins, $147 million in total missed the playoffs jets 2019 131 missed the playoffs 2016 giants 107 lost in the wild card bears 2018 102 million lost in the wild card and yeah, yeah it's just a just a and piggy bank off that point that luca made i think it was i saw another stat since 2016 the most guaranteed money and the most spending in free agency is the jaguars and the jets oh wow God. and look look what they are yeah, so it's a mess you know i have actually have the patriots as a loser um, I think they spent a lot of money, and did they even get a top-tier player? I think they just got a whole bunch of de- depth pieces. Like, I don't know if they even got the, a top that, 20. Even linebackers. Hunter Henry, I would consider him a, t- a top-tier tight end. I think Judon is a top-tier pass rusher. Yeah. I don't know. Brown. I didn't really have any of those guys in like the top 20 free agents. You know, I th- think they were all like after that. Yeah, Hen- like Hunter Henry has potential. I don't know too much about that Baltimore guy. Um, but I just thought they spent a lot of money and they didn't get a lot of good, great players. They got a lot of good players. Mm. Bill um, Belichick in the past, though, I, I agree. Like normally, your top free agent spenders, like it's it's overrated. But I think Bill Belichick has shown a way in free agency to make different types of players work on his teams. What surprised me the most is he's gone after some big name players. He normally makes those small plash splash players work. Uh, but he's had a better core to work with in, in history. Yeah. The team I'm disappointed with the most, I think, like just selfishly, I think the Colts, they've had all this cap space and they haven't done much. I know they, they're going to have a lot of key free agents next year that they have to sign in the next year or two. But I would like to see them bring in someone, a tight end or um, obviously a receiver. So I think at this point they better sign T.Y. Hilton because there's not really much out there. Yeah, I was I'm going to say I was disappointed in them as well. For me, a winner is um, also San Fran. They signed Trent Williams. I think that was a big add. Um, and I think that showed they're going to move on from Jimmy G. I think they're going to get a rookie quarterback. Uh, they also beefed up the offensive line too with uh, Alex Mack. Uh, I like their offseason. I think they still got more to do. My loser, I wanted to say... At first, I want to say the Redskins because I don't understand why they <laughs> signed Fitzpatrick. Redskins are winning that division, bud. No, yeah. no, oh. no. You got you to gotta be crazy if you're thinking Fitzpatrick is better than Dak. I don't know. I don't think he's, I think the I don't think he's better. Is better. Yeah. yeah. The defense, yeah, run game. Okay, the defense is better so far, but we, we're making we're making some uh, plays next week. We're, we're talking to some players, so let's hold off on that. Our offense is 10 times better than Redskins, for sure. If the Cowboys don't run away with that division, that's a an complete and utter embarrassment. Oh, 100%. <laughs> a and complete I'll be the first one and to utter admit. embarrassment. I'll be the first one to admit. I honestly... I, I'm not happy with what the Cowboys are doing right now. Um, we talked about it last pod where they had they have a lot of cap space and they're signing these middle tier players that are like good rotational players. They're not stars. I would love to sign like a like a big like a big corner like a Richard Sherman to teach the young guys or a big star in in a safety. I think we have cap room to do that. I, I think Jerry Jones needs to wake up from his uh no no nap and uh start signing these players. Well, they're looking at Malik Hooker right now, right? Yeah, Hooker and uh the guy from Atlanta. I, I forget his name. I'm drawing a blank, but he's the safety Neil Neil and there's another the guy. The Colts are looking at him too. Yeah, he's talking with the Cowboys next week. 
the Col- the Colts need to beef up their <laughs> secondary a little bit. Like we talked about wide receiver position, but I think that that was kind of their weak spot on their defense was the the deep ball. So I'm I guess- surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised the Colts are not signing in any of the receivers. I know, but uh, like Kelly, they, Kenny Galladay, they, they're gonna have a lot of guys up in the next year or two too. So like, if it, they don't want to be screwed for that, mm. I think I think if they can bring back Ty, that's that's not bad. But I think they still might need even another playmaker like a tight end. But mm-hmm. the problem is now there's not really any out there. Uh, unless they bring in Zach Ertz through trade. I heard they might do that. Um, let's, be, let's go. But as Luke's, but as Luke, what's that? I said, let's go. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think they, they need a safety too. Like Luke said, even for like the long balls, all that stuff. And hopefully they can get this Neil guy because apparently he's pretty good. He was, in a, he was a pro bowler, I think, in the past. So we'll see. But I do like that they are, they're not just thinking of, okay, let's just dish out money because we have the cap space. They're thinking about their long-term health of the team too. This is a team that's got a franchise quarterback now. Oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, and they they plan on winning multiple Super Bowls. They're not, you know, oh, yeah. like all in yeah. for one year. It's it, this, is this, this is this. They said it. Yeah. They said the golden years are coming. Yeah. I can see a golden era This coming. is the start of a fucking dynasty. This is a fucking start of a dynasty. Hair color? <laughs> this is a dynasty and you're here to hear it first. Yeah. You heard right. it. I can't wait. I, Let's hey, go. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I can't wait for Wentz to crumble. I can't Ooh. wait. He's not. I don't think he will. I, yeah, he might. He might win eight, seven games. They'll, they'll, no. They're going to be a threat. I think they've got to. Like, Who wins more games, Cowboys or Colts next year? Colts, 100. percent Colts. No. Yeah. Well, Luke, yeah. If if Wentz plays, you're willing, but you willing to if, bet that if Wentz is going to be so bad? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put I'll put money on that. All right. Yeah. I want in on that too. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll put I'll put money on it for sure. I'm 50, riding, I'm 50 riding bucks each. dying with my Cowboys, man. I said fifty bucks each for me and Pale. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. You done. Perfect. I'm up. So are we virtually shaking hands on this bet? We're shaking. We're virtually yeah. shaking hands. So so <laughs> just Cowboys need to get more wins than Colts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't and wait when both Wentz are in. Both fucking, are in. I'm getting camps at Colts hat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I can't well, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a jersey guys. after I win after he wins <laughs> after he wins MVP and I got like a hundred bucks on him. Kant's is the ninth different team jersey that he has. <laughs> yeah. His his closet is full of jerseys. So we, we talked about our free agent signings of uh, this year, but what, what's the uh, top three free agent signings that you guys have in in NFL history? I was gonna I had one. I was gonna go Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees yeah. is the only one I know. I'm going to go Drew Brees, Manning to Denver. That's what yep. I was going to say. And Deion Sanders to the Cowboys. All right, well, that wraps up episode 14. Thanks to everyone that's been listening. Special shout out to those that gave a question from the crowd this week. We're hoping to bring that back week after week, so stay tuned for our stories to submit a question. We'll see you next week on episode 15.